1: all right welcome back to training for manhood this is dan pinetti and i've got my buddy mike thornberry back with me and we're uh we're talking we're going through a little journey um trying to uh trying to help um maybe us uh, hopefully some other men as well <laughs> but trying to help men understand um manhood this this journey of manhood um really is and in, in a sense right it, it is action oriented right we are not passive we are not spectators we are uh, to be men engaged Um, And that that engagement, the first one we talked about, was it has a mission, right? There's a a reason why you do things. We want you to explore that reason. We want you to wrestle with that reason. We want you to understand, right, that if your why is self-centered, if your why is all about improving yourself and making yourself better, Um, You you need to own that. You need to understand that. And we would say to you, right, that that's not a good why that's going to motivate you to do the right things, right? That that's not manly. That's boy. That's being a boy, right? You know, when you're a boy, everything's around yourself. We need you to move from boyhood to manhood, right, where you become. And we would say Christ-centered, other-centered, right, where your why becomes something different and it has a greater purpose. As you said, right, it moves from temporal to eternal, Right, um, and uh, what was the other point you had in the other, the second part? Was it Nathan Hale the thing?
2: Nathan Hale test? Was, would I give I, my life would twice? Would I give my
1: life twice for that?
2: That's very good. Okay, good.
1: Um, now we want to talk about action, um, and the reason this came up to me, I don't know if I, I shared this with you. I watched a, um, a video, uh, and it was a, a just the strangest thing to me. Right, um, was a, a guy with his girlfriend or wife sitting in a um, like outside of a gas station. Okay, um, <laughs> and he's. He's recording um, a girl who pulls up to the gas station in her car and she has the um, the gas can, right, on the wrong side. So she, when she gets out of the car, right, she goes to, you know, take the gas pump and put it in the car and it's on the other side. Now, yeah. she probably hadn't ever gotten gas before, right, because she doesn't know you can actually just pull it across. Um, but she put the gas pump back. She got back in her car and she, she just kind of did a little Yui, turned around, right, and she ended up putting her car... Right. In exactly the same position. Right. With the gas can, the gas tank still on the other side away from the pump. Right. And so this guy is like recording this and he's talking to his girlfriend or wife, whatever. And he's he's laughing so hard. He's like, watch this, watch this. Right. And she does it like literally like five times. Yeah. right so she she pulls her car out and you know turns around you know pulls around pull, right? and every time she pulls up she keeps on getting to the exact same side that she was before next to the pump and this guy's just you know laughing having a great time you know and, and the thing that goes through my mind was i got so frustrated with the guy right like just laughing at somebody um, in a sense making a fool of themselves right but but it was really that idea of that person has no idea what they're doing, right? I mean, just to, you know, learn how to turn your car the other way and put it on the other side. Um, but just that I think that that's what I see so much today, right? Not just in young people, right? But here's the deal, we we kind of hide behind our phones and we record like other people's lives, <clears throat> but we don't take the the step of actually getting involved, right? Just to, you know, hey, I'm going to hop out of my car, I'm going to run over there, just knock on your window and say, "Hey, can I just help you, you know, scoot your car over here so you know how to do it, or just kind of show you how the gas pump actually pulls all the way across and you can actually put it in even though you parked on the wrong side. And I got frustrated because as a man, right, when you see something that's happening that's not appropriate or that's not good or that somebody's getting harmed or whatever, right, I see a generation of people that, like, they love just kind of recording it, laughing at it, posting a video of it, and moving on. And I'm like, "That's, that's not being a man, though. No. right a man is, is, is somebody who's going to take action and actually get involved in the process right and so talk about that idea right as we move from mission to action right as as now we've kind of wrestled with that idea of here's why I do what I do well now you have to then begin to do something so when I say a man is a man of action what is that what does that mean to you
2: it, it means we've got to reject the apathy of inaction okay we've got to be intentional uh, and uh, at West Point it was one of the things they beat into you. So that (laughs) first, yeah, that first (laughs) summer when they, uh, uh, politely correct you or what they used to call haze you. Okay. Uh, they break you down and remake you and they give you four responses to any question. Okay. No matter what the question is, here's your four responses. Yes, sir. No, sir. No excuse, sir. And sir, I do not understand. That no excuse, sir, was used so many times when they said, Hey, why didn't you go do this? And what is our default setting? Well, that's not, not, yeah, not my responsibility. Yeah, it was somebody
1: else was supposed to do. But I mean, and, and what they were they getting me, at... They gave you a response that's actually much more appropriate than the 25 reasons why I didn't say, do something. And yeah. that is just no excuse, sir.
2: Which means they were getting at you have ownership and responsibility of the action, whether you take it or not. It's still, you're responsible for it. Yeah. So instead of talking about it you know go be about it so that was one of the best lessons I had because it was so easy to say when you're getting hazed and and I had a I did a great job the biggest correction I had was Thornberry stop sweating now it is New York in the summer and I was I mean I'm like a stuck I don't think I can actually do that (laughs) oh my gosh it was such a mess uh but that was a great training ground for why didn't you step up because the, the goal the mission we went back to mission of west point was to develop leaders of character and service of the nation yes which which means if there's something wrong and you see it you're responsible yeah. and if you don't go do anything i'm going to hold you accountable uh so i, I love what jocko Willink talks about in extreme ownership yeah whose fault is it mine, mine. i own it i'm the leader why didn't the mission work it was my fault. I didn't train them. I didn't teach them. I didn't lead them. Whatever it was, but but it's the uh, I'm gonna get a stranglehold I love it. on the action because I see it and I can do something about it. And that doesn't mean I can fix everything. That means I may be able to help though and, and get somebody right uh, right direction pointed that way. Yeah. So
1: you know Chesterton. So G.K. Chesterton, oh. great great author. Um, there was a, a newspaper in Europe that put out a you know what, what's wrong with the world. Uh, and you know all these people wrote all these different things that you know went wrong with the world. Chesterton wrote two words, "I am. right? Just just personal uh, accountability. right? Yeah. You know, I, I can't I can't worry about what's wrong with you. What's wrong with him, what's wrong with them? right? I, here's yeah. the deal. I'm responsible for me, right? I'm the problem, right? And this is what I'm gonna take, and I'm gonna do and I'm gonna fix. Yeah. Right? So I love that whole idea that um, that inaction is still action.
2: <laughs> You're still choosing to do <laughs> still something, still even if it's to do nothing. Something.
1: Even if it's nothing, yeah. and, and that's the thing that, right, that I see boys, right, feel like um, that sometimes it's like you know, hey, I don't want to be a part of that, I don't want to do that, um, but it's like, okay, you're making a choice then not to be a participant in that, right, which makes you a spectator, and that's not what manhood is about. Manhood is not no. about being the spectator. Manhood is about actually being on the field right? Go, go back to my, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, right? Yeah. You're the man in the arena. In the arena. Right. And, and that's a so much better place to be, right, as he writes at the end, right, than that poor, dark, cold soul, right, who you know, knows neither victory nor defeat, right? So if you're not in the game, right? I mean, we just, you know, went to a high school football game last night and, and, uh, and it was frustrating because, you, know, you know, my team that I was rooting for lost, right? But the reality is, is I didn't lose because I wasn't playing. Yeah right and i think manhood you know you have to understand it's not a spectator sport you're you're in the game right and you either win or you lose but at least you're out there doing something and yeah. that's the call for for a call to action yeah
2: absolutely they they had in some of the the offices in west point where you would go a saying that everybody remembers in absence of further orders attack <laughs> in other words don't sit there don't and sit wait there. <laughs> go take action yeah so uh, you, you went to Texas, right? Yes. So I got a great story. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so this was told to me as I was applying to West Point. And there's a beautiful grass plain in West Point. I'm sure there's a beautiful green quad down at UT. It's
1: all concrete. Concrete. It's well, Austin, there's a small so. patch, like it's a nine by nine. Yeah.
2: So uh, a guy nice. goes and tours UT and and uh, uh, he's walking with his family and he's getting a guided tour by, you know, one of the students. And, you know, there's a couple beer cans on the, the quad and. And the student goes, oh, my gosh, the party last night was crazy. And then the, the family goes to West Point, takes the same tour, and there's a can on the plane. And the kid goes up, I'm so sorry. I should have picked that up. You never should have seen that. Uh-huh. Now, that doesn't mean UT isn't as good as West Point or vice versa. <laughs> but the moral of the story was the point that something's wrong here. Yes. And I own it because I see it, yes. so I'm going to take action uh, versus just walking by yeah you know there's a a
1: theory called the broken window theory i don't know if you've ever heard of that no the whole idea and i think it was i'm not sure if it was giuliani that put it into practice in new york right because they wanted to clean up new york right and so the concept was is if there's a broken window somewhere right it gives the image right that that's not being well taken care of yeah right and so it's it's pay attention to the smallest thing Right? Don't don't look at the big thing like oh you know here's a crime-ridden city. It's like no no here's here's a city that didn't pay attention to the broken windows. And so one of the things that he did, which I thought was really interesting, is uh, they would paint graffiti right on the subway trains. Yep. And so he would take the subway off right. He'd paint it, clean all the graffiti off, off right, and put it back on right. And they kept on tagging right all the subways, and he kept on taking them off right. And they said when when are you going to stop doing this right? And he's just like when all of the subways right are clean. And what happened was, is he literally cleaned up a city because he started paying attention to the small things, right? So that that idea of men take action, right, when, you know, it may not have to be a huge thing, right? It may be a very simple, very small thing, right? My very first episode in this, I talked about the whole idea of picking up the sock, whose responsibility is it, right? It's mine. Yeah. It doesn't matter whose sock it is, right? It doesn't matter uh, if somebody's told me to pick it up, right? Men take action, Right? They take responsibility. They take ownership of things because it simply need, the job needs to be done, right? So,
2: and, and as we're training our boys to be men, yes. on the action, yes, you know, we get caught I, all the time with my boys. Hey, I need you to do this, and they're like, why? And, and unfortunately, I respond with because I said so, because yeah. I'm looking for your obedience, not your agreement, right. which means I've lost the point of having the action. I've got to get in them the why. Right. In other words, at whose pleasure am I serving? Yeah. Uh, if we go back to Exodus chapter 21, where they talk about, okay, Israel had slaves, but every six years in the seventh, you let them go. But the concept was you were supposed to treat them so well that in the seventh year, they (laughs) they would get up on the square and say, my master has been so good to me. He's given me a family. He's given me a wife. Pierce my ear. I'm going to serve at his pleasure for the rest of my life. And most of us are caught slave to the world, not realizing that the serving at the pleasure of the master gives me the why to pick up the sock, yep. to do the dishes, to love our wives, to discipline our children when we're wrung out and worn out. That's right, that's right, right? That's That becomes our, our
1: action, right, is our what, but our why, right, is because we simply, we love, right, the Lord and we love what he's given us, right, the opportunity to be able yeah. to serve, to be able to minister, to be able to, you know, have a wife, to be able to raise kids, Right? And because we love that so much, right, we're willing to do the work that needs to be done right, to accomplish those things. So um, what else from an action standpoint right, would you want to tell guys? Right, men, men are men of yeah. action. What else does that mean to you? That means
2: you're going to have to sacrifice. Okay. In other words, the action is going to cost either your preference or your pride. I mean, those are good prices to pay yeah. because one more golf game Saturday morning. <laughs> Isn't going to make us Tiger Woods, but one less golf game might make us a better man. Okay. Might make us a a man serving our wife, a man serving our kids, a man serving our community. But we're going to have to sacrifice some of those things. And and not necessarily all those things. Like a lot of the things we do are fine if we're doing it for the right reasons. If we're doing it for a redemptive reason. So if we're taking action as a redemptive reason, uh, and I love this, uh, playing basketball in the morning with you for... Years, years. Years. So what happens during that? We get exercise. We fellowship. But then we pause mm-hmm. an hour in or maybe 30 minutes now because we're older and we have a quick devotional. <laughs> yep. We're redeeming the time and making the time something glorifying Christ. Yeah,
1: We call it a two-minute drill, but depending on who's giving the two-minute drill. <laughs> now, I know, I know you go a lot longer, right, because you actually sit down and open up the Word right, and teach, right, um, in the Plano campus when we do a two-minute drill is about a three to four-minute drill, <laughs> um, but it, but it is still that idea that, um, and, and it, it's funny to watch, right, because even people who are not believers, right, that are there um, show the respect, right, you know, stopping a game, mm-hmm. right, which by the way, you know, when, when we have three courts running um, and, uh, and, you know, you can't be, all be done at the same time. Uh, so when one court's kind of done and somebody's ready to give you know the the two-minute drill everybody stops their game and you do you give up right a little bit of that you know game time right to put something that's a higher priority there and so you're right um when you talk about action right there is a cost associated with the action that you take Um, and i think it's important to count that cost right like what what is this action going to cost me right and is that something that i want to be that i'm willing to pay Um, And I think that's an important, you know, concept for us is, um, you know, is that idea that um, just because something cost you something doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing it. Right. But just because you should be doing something, if it costs you, doesn't mean you shouldn't. Yeah. Right. So that 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 counting that cost is a really important aspect, I think, um, of of evaluating. Right. You mentioned time. Right. I mean, one of the great things that we have is, is time. Uh, and, you know, my wife will always tell me, because uh, we play ball, you know, at 6 o'clock in the morning. She's like, yeah, there, there's nothing else going on at 6 o'clock in the morning. You know, knock, knock yourself out and have, have a great time. Um, but I chose not to do a lot of things in the evenings. Yeah. Right? So there were men's leagues that played and things like that. There were, you know, 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock in the evening. Well, that's that's when I spent time with my family. Right? So I didn't participate in this or that because that was time away from my family. But I did participate in something else. Right? Because it didn't take away from what I put as my top priorities. You mentioned golf, right? And, you know, four hours on a Saturday, it's like, unless, you know, for me, it was like, unless I'm out there with my boys, right? Or my kids playing golf with them, Yeah. right? It was like, I can't spend four hours doing something away from my family, right? That that was a cost I was unwilling to pay.
2: And, and you gotta take the cost benefit analysis on the thing that most men miss the most. You know, we were, we were raised by a generation of men whose goal was to provide for, for their families. Right. So that greatest generation. Default, right. Gen, default programming is, okay, I better earn and excel and earn and earn. Right. And you have both seen more marriages fail yes. at the altar of the success of the man providing money when his wife and kids wanted time. Yeah. So that means one of the costs is going to be, dude, you don't need to be the vice president. Yep. You don't need to be the bee's knees at the office. Matter of fact, you could make a bigger impact not being the vice president yeah. and being on home, at home on time and being the voice of reason inside of a place, especially with the stress that we've been going through the last 18 months where, why aren't you stressed out the way I'm stressed out? Yeah. That's a cost we just don't pay attention to. Yeah. We're so happy with the next promotion, the next job, and that little bit of money and that little bit of power and that little bit of pride has no value at home.
1: So I, may, I mentioned this in an earlier episode. I talked to our high school seniors yeah. <laughs> as they're about ready to go to college. And one of the things I say, and, and this isn't, you know, it's hard to put things in just you know black and white terms, but I said, listen, if I if I could tell you that you were going to be successful in one area of life and fail in another, right? So you're going to be successful, right, either in life and family, right, and fail in business, or you'd be successful in business and fail in life and family. One, which one would you choose right and these are high school seniors so they, they haven't kind of made that you know path in that decision yet right and you know we're at a, a christian school so they all give me the right answer they all say hey i'd fail in business to be successful in life and family right and then the next question i ask them is what are you doing for the next four years and they're like well i'm going to college i was like well what are you going to study in college they're, they're going to study right a particular discipline that's going to help them be successful in business right and whatever Right, our business, you know, path that they've chosen. I said, okay, so here's the deal: the chances of you failing in business, right, are going down dramatically because you're spending four years and who knows how much money, right, to train yourself to be successful in whatever business venture you're going into, right? Which is great. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm glad that you're doing that. I said, but what are you going to do for the next four years to make sure that you're going to be successful in life and in your family? Yeah. And, they, and they look at you and they go. I don't even know what that means. I said, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem, right? If I, if I said, hey, I want you to be a great volleyball player, I would go get a great volleyball coach, right? And they would sit there and we would hit balls and we would be, you know, doing training. And, right, if I said, hey, I want to be a great football player, I'd go get a great football coach. I'd get a strength and condition. And the, the funny thing is, is like every parent that's listening right now knows, yeah, this is exactly what I'm doing for my son or my daughter right now right uh we're, you know we're training him you know in baseball and he's going to be a great baseball player and i'm like that's 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 great but he's going to be a great man yeah right i i know he's going to hit the curveball because he's seen a thousand of them right but is he is he going to be a great man is he going to be a great husband is he going to be a great father right are you training him in those things as well right and yeah. Paul when paul writes to timothy and says training in godliness <laughs> Right is as good as physical training. In fact, it's even better. Yeah. Right, because it has value for this life and the next. And so my thing is always, you know, I don't. I'm not saying don't train for baseball or for basketball or for whatever your sport is. I'm not saying don't train in that. I'm saying make sure that your spiritual training and the training for things that are really important at least matches that. Yeah. Right in the training level that you're doing.
2: And as an athlete, or or maybe I should say (laughs) ex-athlete. Well, no, you're still a good athlete. (laughs) Uh, uh, I trained. It, it, the amount of trading was ridiculous Constantly. for 96 uh, right. and then we tried to qualify for 2000 and the team broke apart we performed horribly and I've never been so low in my life after I realized I put all this time, energy yeah. and effort on this thing that I thought was going to fulfill me right. the same thing we say to our kids I want them to be successful and I peak and I crash when we don't qualify for the 2000 games and I'm sitting there with the ashes of my investment and nothing to show for it. And I spent zero time on, Mm. because at this point I'm married. We got married right after the 96 games, four years later, I've got nothing to show for it. And I'm just cratering because what is the worth of my life? If I'm not what I'm building myself up to be, this great achiever, and we've just failed. I've failed. Uh, And that's the problem when I'm anchored in things that aren't eternal. Yeah. Not in the mission, not taking action for the real side of my life that is going to matter far more than the result yeah. of the game. Which, which
1: is why you wanted to, when I said I want to talk about men or men of action, which is why you wanted to say, let's look at the mission first. Yes. Right. So if we're going to climb a ladder, let's at least ask, right, what mountain we're putting the ladder up against before we climb to the top and go, I've achieved this. And then you realize, but this is not important. Yeah. Right. This is not fulfilling. This is not significant. Right. Because when you get to the top of the ladder, when you're, you know, 60, 70, 80 years old and you say, hey, this is what my life has been about when it hasn't been about the right things and you turn around and you look at the wake of destruction and devastation that you've left behind you. Yeah. Right. You you look at, you know, the the marriage and the kids that, you know, now you're distant from and they're no longer there. Right. But you have succeeded in your business world, but you have failed in life. That's a terrible place to be. And I know, unfortunately. Um, So many men that are there. Yeah. Right. So here's my thing. I think, one, if you're there, right, if you've placed your ladder against the the wrong building and you've climbed to the top, um, I would say um, that my thing is um, it's not how you started the race. It's how you finish it. Right. So, you know, move your ladder over to that building that really is significant and start climbing there. Um, You know, when we go to a track meet. Right, and you watch, you know, people run, no nobody remembers how you started the race, right? Everybody remembers how you finished it. Yeah. So if you're at that point as a man, you're in your you know fifties, sixties, seventies, right? What you know, and you're like, um, you know, hey, you're talking and I'm hearing you, but there's there's nothing I can do about it now. I've I've simply left a wake of destruction. I would say this. Um, stop whining and complaining about it, start doing something different. Yeah. Right? Start investing in the things that are important, start giving value to people that are valuable. Right? And, and stop you know, um, hiding behind right, the success of the world right? because you have money to throw at things or you have a title to throw at things and start doing the things that are important. But if you're young, <laughs> right? if you're you know, in your teens or your 20s and you're listening to this, right? and we're talking about being men of action, make sure right, that you get your mission down first before you start that action.
2: That will drive you. That's the fuel that doesn't empty out you know, the fuel that you get for personal achievement, the tank runs dry. Yeah. And then you're on the side of the road or the ditch.
1: Well, okay, so here's the thing. I'll, I'll throw this out. When um, I can't remember who they were talking to. Um, some famous athlete, and they were talking about, you know, which ring is your favorite ring or which championship is your favorite championship. The next. And they, and they said the next. Yeah. Right? And I thought, how sad is that? Right? Yeah. I mean, appreciate the first one, right? Appreciate any of them, right? But that whole thing, and, and we think that that is – like, that's what makes you a great athlete, right? Is that drive always for more. Yeah. Okay. It may. I'm not going to argue that, right? But I'll tell you this. That's probably what makes you a, a lousy husband and a lousy father, right? Because you're driving for more, right, in something that isn't going to fulfill you, right? Because if you're constantly going for the next, you know, the next championship, the next this, the next that, and I'm willing to sacrifice everything to get it, Right, part of that question that you're you're asking is count the cost of what are you sacrificing? Yeah. Right. Is that next championship worth more time away from your kids and more time away from your family? Right. So when uh, when Trish and I had uh, first uh, gotten married, right, and uh, we were pregnant with Preston, um, my job, my, my goal in life was always to run for uh, office. Right. I love politics. Always wanted to be in politics. Um, prayed heavily about you know Lord, when do you want us to run? How do you want us to run? Where do you want us to run? Started putting that together. Um, and God brought along on my path uh, a guy who was a state representative. I went and met with him, and I just said, "Hey, I want to run for office." And he looked at me and he said, "Let me just give you one piece of advice." I was like, "All right, here it is. One piece of advice." He said, uh, "Pick politics or pick your family." And I was like, "That's not the piece of advice I wanted, <laughs> right?" I was like, eh. "But, but I went, okay, Lord, what what do you want me to do with that, right? Because for me, it was an easy choice, right? I'd pick my family." Yeah. And so I went back and you know told Tricia, and we just prayed about it, and I, I just I felt like the Lord was telling me right? I don't need you to run until your kids are grown and gone. Okay. Now we were pregnant with, you know, with Preston at the very beginning, right? So it, in my mind, it was like, oh, okay, you know, that, that'll be great. I won't run for office. I won't invest in this until my family, right, is, you know, yeah. is established. And then, you know, four kids later, um, I still have a kid in high school. I still haven't run for office. And I'm still glad that I haven't because I still felt like the Lord was saying, right, pick your family, pick your family, pick your family, right? Your family wins that, you know, that choice, right, every single time, right? Does that, now does that mean that God hasn't used me in, in ways that I've enjoyed and that I've loved and I've, I've been able to work? And the answer is no, that's been great, right? But I've always put, right, um, you know, my relationship with the Lord and my family above those other things. And I think that's a, a really important reminder to us.
2: Everybody wants to follow Christ until he actually tells you where he wants you to go. Oh! Uh, it, it's, it's that same <laughs> yeah. gut check. Says, go wait here. a second. And you're like, wait a sec. Guess what, Mike? I don't need you to be an Olympian. I don't need you to be a West Point graduate. I don't need you to be an achiever. I just need you to, you to be a man after my own heart and just go love your freaking family. Yeah. And trust me, that'll have more impact than any championship you've ever won. Yeah. Yeah, that's good
1: stuff. So, um, men are men of action, but our action plan <laughs> is stop, count the cost of what you're doing, right? And look ahead to where you're going and ask yourself is that the path to go? Yeah, I think that's the question.
0: Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.